Quite a lot of things to share with you this morning, but I think before we do any of that, let's uh, turn to the Word this morning. And uh, my opening scripture this morning I'm going to take from Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1. How I many you know we don't want to play church? We are the church. Amen? And we want to be the church and we want to, we want to embrace God's purpose for our lives. We want to build a culture of love and of purpose as a local church. Would you look at the person one more time next to you and say, Man, you look great this morning. Right. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1. In the Amplified it says, To everything, to everything there is a season, and a time for every matter or purpose under heaven. Life is really made up of a series of seasons. And especially as believers, if we can embrace this and recognize this spiritually, it will always cause our lives to be on the front foot because we'll learn to understand the seasons and the times that God has in our lives. God established this principle, or this law, I could say, right at the beginning of time in the old covenant when when he started and created the universe he set into motion the principles of seed time and harvest he actually said i'm giving you authority to to reign in this life and the way you're going to reign is by understanding the laws and the principles that i have set in motion that are unchangeable and he actually said this while seed time and harvest while as, as a matter of fact he said it like this he said while uh, day and night and while winter and summer remain, seed time and harvest will remain. So he, he introduced the concept of seasons. The New Testament is full of scriptures and concepts that speak into our lives spiritually about the significance of seasons. If we quickly jump down, it's not in your, in your text this morning, but I want to just quickly read verse 14 of Ecclesiastes chapter 3 because after the writer of Ecclesiastes talks to us about times and seasons and that there's a time for everything, he kind of brings it together uh, in verse 12 and he says, I know that there is nothing better for man to do than to be glad and to get on and do good as long as they live. And that also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all their labor. This is a gift from God. And then verse 14. I know that whatever God does, listen carefully, whatever God does endures forever. God does not deal in daily life and natural life in this sense. God deals with that in the light of eternity. God is looking at forever and he focuses on that. And then it says, nothing can be added to or nothing can be taken from it. And God does this so that men will fear him and worship him and know who he is. Isn't that amazing? As a matter of fact, some preceding verses, we, we're not going to turn there this morning, but some preceding verses, I think around about verse 8 or 9, it says, and God makes everything beautiful. In its time. So if we learn to yield and we learn to understand that life is made up of seasons, 
we can allow God to work in us and He can cause our purpose to become beautiful. Even in the midst of turmoil, even in the midst of challenges. How many of we live in a real world? We live in a fallen world and stuff happens. Would you look at the person next to you and just say, stuff happens. Now, think about this. In Ephesians 6, Paul the Apostle writing to the church of Ephesus and he's kind of concluding an incredible uh, teaching in the, in the six chapters of Ephesians. He concludes us with this and he says, Now my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand in the day of evil. Now, you know, he's not literally talking about the day of evil. He's talking about a season when evil comes and visits you. He's talking about a season when temptation comes to your life to try and rob you of your faith. When circumstance happen and in that season, the enemy tries to rob you of your faith. Bring discouragement into your life. And I've realized just in evaluating my own life that when you don't take a time and a season seriously or when you don't understand it, what can happen is that season of temptation can become a habit of submission in your life and suddenly there's a season set into your life that can be forever. So now that temptation which was meant as a season of temptation that you need to overcome and master, it actually becomes part of your life and it becomes part of your character. And now how many of you know you now spend your life fighting that thing instead of living your purpose? So God wants to encourage us this morning as we stand as a church on the verge of a new season. How many of you are excited? About our new season. How many are excited about we're going to have this many people every Sunday, but we're going to have more chairs so we can bring more unsaved people? Amen. Who's your one? Thank you, brother. Come on, let's give the Lord praise this morning. Our vision for next year is greater things. And it starts with remembering that our focus as believers is always the unsaved. It's always the lost. It's always those that are broken and downhearted. And we said this, we made a commitment as a church. Remember we spoke about vision? We made a commitment and we said every one of us is going to look for one person next year. Just one person to bring to church. And we're not just going to bring them to church, we're then going to look after them. We're going to disciple them. And we're going to make sure that they integrate into the life of the church because I want you to know a lot of people including myself if somebody didn't take me under their wing if someone didn't phone me for a couple of weeks if someone never nurtured me I wouldn't be serving God today because the pull of the world and the pull of problems and the pull of challenges and the seasons of life that come when you get saved and the enemy wants to try and take you out I want you to know will pull you away from God if you don't have people around you that can help you Amen. Amen. So to everybody this morning, the seasons may represent something different. You know, if we look in the natural, there might be seasons that you love. I know some people love winter. Personally, I hate winter. <laughs> Amen. Some people enjoy certain seasons and others don't enjoy certain seasons. But the key to making the most of a season and enjoying it is knowing the right time to do things. 
and what to do in that season. And there's a whole sermon on itself. How many of you know timing is vital? That's why the scripture says to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose. And timing, that's another whole message. Because how many you know time is so important? We're not going there this morning and you can, you can study that on, on your own time. But very often the difference between doing the right thing at the right time can create the opportunity for failure or for success. One thing is certain though, seasons are reality and none of us are exempt from them. Seasons represent some things that are the same for everyone. For example, how you know in the natural again, in winter, most of us will have to pack away our summer clothes and take out a few of our winter clothes. I, th- I thought when we moved down here, my winter clothes could get turfed. But how you know, your body adjusts to the climate you live in. And I find in winter, I thought all these wimps on the south coast that put on jerseys in winter, I'm like, I'm now one of them. Come to first election say, I know what he's talking about. And I know we've got children in the meeting today, so we're going we're gonna to try and uh, move smoothly through the, make a smooth transition through the season of the family service. So for seasons represent things that are familiar that we all need to do that are helpful to us in that season and make that season more pleasant and help us to transition through that season. For example, how many of you know every season represents the closing of another season? And it represents the start of something new. And when we understand that, whenever there's, whenever there's a transition like that, there's always a bit of turmoil. There's always a bit of feeling uncomfortable. The reality this morning is that there's one thing for certain when the seasons change. And how many know the one thing that is certain? Every season requires change. And how many know the one thing that humans hate the most is change? I know some of you are already struggling. I've got to now get up an extra hour early because the pastor wants to change the time of the service. And some of you love getting out here at half past nine and now you're only going to get out here at ten. If you come to, how many know change is uncomfortable? But if you're going to embrace a new season and you're going to be successful in that season, part of that will be change. And change is never comfortable or enjoyable, but it's very important. The, the thing is with change is the reason we struggle with it is we, we look at seasons in a sense with finality. For example, we set a deadline for our building. And you know, the minute you set a deadline for something, pressure comes. And how you know, when pressure comes, it's like all the circumstances work against you accomplishing the deadline. But that's a positive thing because if you don't set deadlines, you'll never accomplish anything. Even if you miss the deadline, at least you had something that you're shooting for. And that motivated you and all your resources to go towards a specific goal or task. How many of you know that sometimes when we face death, when we lose a loved one or, or, or there's a death in the family, how many of you know we, we struggle with that and there's the human side of that which is natural, but we've got to realize that death is not final. Death is the changing of a season. There's a season ending and there's a new season beginning. Not just for the person who passes on, but for the people that are left here. 
And many people, five years, ten years after they've lost a loved one, are still struggling in the grips of grief and sorrow, and it's brought regret and misery into their lives because they haven't been able to negotiate that season. And so I want to just talk this morning, as a church, we're about to enter into a new season. And it's exciting, and it's wonderful, and and God's going to do new things. But with that, there comes the challenge of transition, the challenge of change. Are we able to embrace this season? Are we able to take hold of it so that we can make the most of it and realize what it is God wants us to do in our city? And how many know God wants us to do something in our city? Don't worry about the little children crying and that we're just going to be gracious today. Amen? And we're just going to help each other with this time. So I want to talk to you today, what do I do in the new season? As I'm entering into a new season, what are the things that I can do? Now, every season's different, so I can't tell you what you must do specifically in your season. But just like when winter becomes summer and summer becomes autumn, as we go through those seasons, there are some things that if we'll just do, they will help us to embrace the new season. I just want to talk to you about four different things you can do in your new season. I want you to know our history is wonderful. Just last month, we celebrated seven years as a local church. We've been in this building for seven years. And how you know that holds fond memories and exciting times of God moving in people's lives. Uh, we were looking, and I, I, I can't quote the exact figure, but somewhere around over 3,000 people have given their hearts to Christ in this building over the last seven years. Isn't that exciting? Some of them are living in France. Some of them are living in Italy. Some of them are living in, uh, in, in, in England. Some of them are around the country. And we've, we've been privileged to be part of seeing their lives transformed by the glory of God. I remember some couples uh, walking and, and arriving at this building. Uh, we were just starting and this place looked like a building site, much like our building next door looks right now. And, and we were climbing over humps of sand and it was like, where's the church? <laughs> how are you ever going to get this place ready? But how many know God had a way? And God is always faithful to help you in your season. And I want you to know God has got great things in store for us. God has got great things in store for your life. Can you say amen? Come on, say I'm going over, not under. Say God's got a plan for my life. And it's for good and not for evil. So turn with me quickly to 1 Samuel chapter 3. I want to read a little story to you this morning from the Bible. And we're going to look at it a little bit differently. And I hope that you're going to get something this morning that's going to empower you and help you. 1 Samuel chapter 3. It's the story of the priesthood. And the priest that was ruling at that time, or was ministering or leading at the time, is a, a great man by the name of Eli. If you've been saved for some time, you probably know Eli. And then there's the, the, the change of season that was about to happen because God was about to promote Samuel to take over the role from Eli because Eli had become old and how you know the seasons were changing. Now, I want us to look at this story this morning a little bit differently. I want us to look at the story in this sense that Eli is our old season. Right? So it's not a story about Eli. It's a story about an old season. Are you all okay with that? 
And it's a story about Samuel who represents the new season of our life. So it's the old season, Eli, and the new season, which is represented by Samuel. So when I speak about Eli, I'm speaking about the old season in your life, the old season in our church. When I speak about Samuel, we're going to picture our new season. Is that okay with you? We're going to learn a couple of things this morning, I hope, that will help us uh, to make the transitions, not just as a church into our new season, but in our lives. Because there are so many things that God wants to change in our lives so that we can be released into the purpose God has for our lives. It says here in verse 1, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. So there's always a relationship between the old season and the new season. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and there was no widespread revelation. Now, let me just pause there as we go through this. We might not get through everything this morning, and we'll just pick it up next week. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Listen carefully. Whenever your season is starting to end, and you're about to go into a new season, the word of the Lord is rare. There's no widespread vision. Why? Because the word that you've been living on, the things God has said that you should do, and the promises you've experienced have now been fulfilled, and they're coming to an end, and it feels like on the inside things are drying up a little bit. How many of you can relate to that? So whenever your season, the way you can know a season's about to change is the things you've been doing are becoming rare. It's like you seek God and there's no amazing presence. You study the word and it's a little bit more of an effort. It's not always an indication that you're backslidden or there's something wrong. Sometimes there's something going on on the inside of you. God is busy preparing you for a change of season. Let's read on. And it came to pass at that time, while Eli was lying down in his place, his eyes, listen carefully, his eyes had begun to grow dim so that he could not see. That speaks about vision. It speaks about sight. When your old season is ending, the vision you had becomes blurred because God's about to introduce something new in your life. And if He doesn't do that, you won't start looking and seeking and saying, Okay, God, what is it that you want me to transition from in my life so that I can go into a new season? Many of us are held captive in our old season because we don't understand spiritual things. And so what happens is we think there's something wrong. In the meantime, God is trying to position you so that He can transition you into your new season and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was that's we're talking about the, the temple the, it's the inside part of us the temple is where God's presence resides and while Samuel was lying down they the Lord called Samuel okay so the new season's about to come in and he answered and said here I am so he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he said, No, I didn't call you. Go lie down again. And he went and he lay down. And then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called for me. And he answered and said, I did not call you, my son. Go and lie down. Can you see the confusion that comes when your old season is ending and your new season is starting. You, there, there's a bit of confusion in this sense that you think you're hearing God, but you're not sure. So you, you're running to your old season and you're trying to keep your old season. Oh, I bind the devil. Oh, I rebuke the storm. Oh, I take authority over this. And, you, and you're doing a whole lot of stuff. And God's saying, 
I'm not talking to, to the old vision. I want to speak about the new vision. You need to let go something so that you can go into something new. How many of you are getting some help this morning? So now Samuel did not, listen carefully, Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. Did Samuel love God? Was Samuel in the house of God? Was Samuel in the presence of God? Did he hear God? No. Well, he heard God, but he didn't recognize God's voice. So he ran to the old because he thought it was the old speaking to him, but it was actually something new. You see how easy it is to miss the transitions in your life if you don't recognize the times and the seasons. And the Lord called Samuel again a third time, and so he rose, he went to Eli, and he said, Here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. And so Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. What is that telling me? In the new season, there are certain things that I need to do that position me so that I'm ready to move into the new season and I'm ready to embrace what God wants to do that's fresh in my life. And I've got to do that. Yes, there's a relating to the old season, but there's a letting go. All right, it'll all make sense in a moment. So go lie down and it shall be if the Lord calls that you say, Lord, here I am, speak. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called as he did at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak for your servant hears. Now listen, all that tells me is that Samuel had now positioned himself in sensitivity. He positioned himself to not only hear God's voice but respond properly and correctly and so now he could embrace and move into the new season now we'll read some of this later if we get the time but you can go read the rest of the story in this context it will bring i'm sure some fresh revelation you have four things just four simple things that all of us should do when we're entering in to a new season or leaving an old season just simple things number one you can write them down number one i must take time to seek god's presence you say well pastor mustn't i always be seeking god's presence absolutely we should always be seeking god's presence but when a change of season comes you should be even more specific and diligent about seeking god's presence and i want to say it like this it's almost like you don't seek god's presence the way you normally do because you're not going to god to say god meet my need help me with this do that you're going to have a conversation with god and you're going with this attitude lord here i am speak to me there's a difference with me going to pray and telling god what i need communicating with god and there's nothing wrong with that that has its place in my life but this is lord here i am speak to me impart into me the spiritual truths and the realities that i need to hear and the concepts and the clarity that i need so that i can make the decisions in the days and weeks coming so that i can make the right decision for my life so that i move into a new season and see the blessing and the favor of god come and you'll see the result of it when we look at the end of the story psalm 34 david says this i sought the lord and he answered me, and he delivered me from some of my fears. 
No, all of my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces will not be ashamed. Listen carefully. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. David was perplexed by the circumstances he was facing. David was perplexed by the fact that he'd been told he's going to be the king, but now he's running for his life. David was perplexed by the circumstances and the season he was in his life, but things were getting ready to change, and so he ran to God. He said, Lord, I'm in fear. Lord, I'm scared I'm going to be ashamed. Lord, I'm scared your word's not going to come through for me, but I'm going to seek your presence. I'm going to seek your face. As a matter of fact, in verse 3, he makes this declaration. He says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us worship his name together. You see, when you magnify the Lord, what happens? Everything else becomes small. When you magnify the Lord, all the things you're facing in your new season come into perspective and you're able to face them one day at a time, one challenge at a time. When you're not seeking the presence of God, how many of you know those things you're facing, those deadlines, those situations, how many know they tend to become really, really big? Anyone can relate to what I'm saying? God is able to follow through. God is able to strengthen you. There is nothing too difficult for Him. But you find that strength and that sustenance not by walking in the power of what you know in the sense of your own ability, but coming with a thankfulness of heart. Coming with an openness of heart, a tender heart. How many of you know uh, what is your heart related to in the New Testament? It's related to soil. And when soil's hard, how many of you can't receive the new seed? But when you worship God and you seek His presence, it keeps your heart tender so now God can scatter the seeds of your new season and He can water the seeds of your new season so that thing can start to sprout forth. I hope you catch this this morning. There's no easy way to transition a season. You've just got to go through it. Amen? And maybe that's helpful for some of us this morning because we want everything to be perfect. Some of you live in Perfectville. No, seriously. And I want to just say to you, looking from Controlville, Perfectville isn't the greatest place to live. <laughs> Number two. Are you getting some help this morning? All right. Number two. The second thing that I, I must do in a new season is I must realize today that I must not grow weary in doing good. Now, I mean, we, know, we all know the scripture well. You probably know where I'm going to turn, Galatians 6. Let's read from verse 7. It says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever man sows, that will he also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Now listen to this. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap I mean, that's good news but there's a condition if you do not lose heart if you do not lose heart therefore as we have opportunity let us do good to all especially to those who are of the household of I realized something the last two weeks when seasons are changing the reality that goes with the changing season 
is you grow weary. You get tired of, 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 the, of the challenges of life and the circumstances you're facing. And how I many know sometimes you fight things and then they come back stronger? And then just when you get victory over one thing, something else jumps out and you're like, I thought I dealt with that and now there's something else. It's like on that Ice Age thing at the start, I don't know which one it is. There's the, the guys on the wall and the, the hole pops through and the water's coming through and he puts his finger in it. And he's like, Phew. And he just looks up and there's another hole and he puts his other finger in and he's like, Phew. and then there's another hole and he puts his toe in it. And he's like, Phew. and then there's a, and how many of you know, he's got a big problem. Because every hole that pops, that water's just getting strong. Have you ever, ever felt like that in your life? So when the seasons are changing, it's a great indication that you're about to reap your harvest but it's also an indication that you're at the most critical time because if you grow weary now, if you let go now, if you quit now, if you don't hold up your, your alertness and your regime and your determination to see the Word of God work, the very harvest you're trusting for can be lost. So I realize that right now in the last three weeks as, as the season's coming close and we, we're letting go of a seven-year season and we're moving into a new season... Pastor Larry's going around, it's like, where can I run to? I wonder if they'll let me into England without a visa. <laughs> hey, I just want to run away because it's like from every side, pressure, questions, how are we going to do this? What are we going to do? When are we going to do it? What about this? All these things come and guess what happens? It wears you down. And if you grow weary, you're going to lose heart. And if you lose heart, you won't reap the harvest. I've got some answers this week about why some of the harvests I were trusting for, I never received them. Because I grew weary while doing good. And I lost heart, I gave up, and I missed out on the harvest of blessing. Bump the person next to you and say, it must be for you this morning. Now, just quickly, let me just read it in the Amplified. Verse 9 says this. And let us not lose heart, grow weary, and faint in acting, no, in acting nobly and doing what is right. For in due time and at the appointed season, we shall reap, listen carefully, if we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint. It's saying that right now more than ever when you want to quit more than you ever wanted to quit. When it feels like you've got no energy left, no strength. He says, stay alert. Stick with the plan. Don't give up on the vision you had because the vision you had is about to come to pass and you're about to move into a new vision. Don't let go. Don't give up. Don't quit. I remember the comrades uh, uh, last, I didn't run it this year, the year before. After about 34 kilometers, and in all my training, it was like I should have known this. After 34 kilometers, I started to get tired. I started to be weary. And guess where you faint first? In your mind. And all those thoughts of all my training came flooding back. You're not going to make it. Just, just try and get to halfway, then you can quit. People won't be upset with you. It's all right. And you start to faint in your mind. And guess what? That fainting in your mind starts to affect your physical body. And you lose the resolve to carry on. And you know what? Just listen to this. For 12 minutes, I was weary. For 12 minutes, I fainted in my mind longer than I should have. And so I didn't make the 
cutoff point. 12 minutes. What's 12 minutes? Give me a break. But that little fainting prevented me from reaching the goal that I'd set. I still finished, praise God. I did the mileage, but I didn't accomplish my goal because I fainted in my mind. Are you getting some help this morning? Okay, number three. You can go study some of these. I hope you enjoy this one. Out is also a season. Out is always a season. Let me read you a scripture. 2 Timothy 4 verse 2 says this. I'll read it from the King James first, then we'll, we'll jump down to the Amplified. Preach the word, be ready, listen carefully, in season and out of season. Out is a season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. The writer knew, the writer of Timothy knew, in the process of moving forward in my new season, I have to go through the out phase. And the out phase or the out season is always a season of testing. A season of feeling like, what am I doing this for? Why, why, why are things not happening? It's a feeling, have any of you ever felt like I'm on the shelf? When is somebody going to buy me? When is something going to happen in my life? That, how many of you ever, is there anybody, can I, am I just the only one this morning? You pray and you feel like your prayers are delayed. Everyone else gets their answer in a day. You've got to wait five days. And the reality is that sometimes we don't relate to the fact that out is a season. John 15 says, uh, those things that bear fruit, God prunes them so that they can bear more fruit. And listen to this. We miss this one. And the things that do not bear fruit... He cuts them away and they thrown into the fire. Aina. Just close your eyes for a second. Pretend you're a fruit tree. And here comes Pastor Larry with his chainsaw. And we're just going to cut off a few branches that aren't bearing fruit. How are you going to feel? Aina pain. Okay, you can open your eyes. How many the out season is not comfortable, it's not fun, and it's never pleasant. But it's necessary. So, realize this morning, if you're in that season where it's Aina, where you're going through stuff, just keep your eyes on Jesus and listen to what it says. Stay instant. Keep preaching the word. Keep your confession of faith and positivity high. Keep your attitude right. Stay walking in the Spirit, even although it doesn't feel like you want to walk in the Spirit. Keep on doing it because the out season creates the character and the integrity so that you can handle the new season. Is that okay with you this morning? Let me quickly read it out of the Amplified, uh, just two verses in the message and we'll go on to the last one. Herald and preach the word. Listen to this. Keep your sense of urgency. Stand by. Be at hand and ready. Whether the opportunity seems favorable or unfavorable. Whether it's convenient or inconvenient. Whether it's welcome or unwelcome. You as the preacher of the word are to show people in what way they to live, sorry, in what way their lives are wrong. Convince, rebuke, correct, warn, urge, encourage. Be unflagging and inexhaustible 
in patience and teaches. Listen what it says in the Message Bible. So proclaim the message with intensity. Keep on your watch. Challenge, warn, urge your people. Don't ever quit. Just keep it simple. Now listen to verse 3. This is why. You're going to find that there will be times, times and seasons, when people will have no stomach for solid teaching, but will fill up on spiritual junk food, catchy opinions that tickle their fancy. Let's not be those people. Can you say amen? When it's inconvenient, let's stay solid. When it doesn't feel good, let's keep our commitments because you know what? God is about to do something great. Number four, the last one. I'm about to close. I'm circling the runway. There's a lot of storms, so I might circle a few times, but I'm going to come in and land, okay? <laughs> Number four, go back, but don't stay. Go back, but don't stay. This is what I want to say is, as, we, as we close this last point, and then I'll just do my finishing comments. Respect your previous seasons, but don't live there. Church, in my own life, I won't talk about others because there, there are many of them that I've come across, but in my own life, there are some seasons that just got longer and longer and longer, and they became life patterns because I built my tent and I decided to live there. And you don't have to. Because it brings confusion into your life, it brings a lack of faith into your life, and it robs you of your joy. And it steals your vitality from you. Realize this morning that in every season, there are lessons to learn and things I need to do so that I'm then ready for my next lesson, uh, for my next season. And if I don't learn the lessons in this season, I'm not going to be ready for the next season. And so I abort my vision, I leave the promise of God, and I end up staying in the previous season. You don't want to do that. Learn your life lesson. Wow. Man, if there's anything I've learned this year, it's Larry, learn your lesson when you're going through what you're going through. Stay positive. It's not always nice, but learn your lesson because if you live there, you'll miss out on the great things God has for your life. Often we're not making progress in the new season because we've never learned the lesson we needed to learn in the current season. When we become maintenance or victim-minded, we lose out on what God has for us in our new season. So let's be people of faith. Let's be the Joshua generation. Let's be the Jesus generation. We press through the pain and we take hold of the great things God is going to do in our lives. A successful general, I'm just going to close with this. A successful general once said this. One of the secrets to his success in life was this, and I quote, I believe that most situations in life are temporary and that life is a collection of seasons. Our lives revolve around seasons and seasons determine when a farmer plants, when a farmer waters, and when the farmer reaps the harvest. It dictates the clothes I wear and the things I can and can't do. In the course of life, we may have to change careers, relationships, our physical capabilities may change, and we may, may face a lot of different circumstances. All of these require change, action, obligations, and responses. So life is a series of beginnings and endings. Don't try hang on to a season after it's over. 
Cherish the memory of the season. Love the moments you enjoyed in that season. Embrace the disappointments you faced in that season. Learn from them. But realize today, embrace the new season. Because when you do, when you recognize the season is changing and you make the adjustments, you reduce stress, you release fresh increase into your life, and guess what? You have a jump start on your future. Now, we don't have time this morning, but if you go read the rest of the story in 2 Samuel chapter 3, the end of the story ends like this. It says, Samuel grew, God was with him, God let none of his words fall to the ground. God established him as a prophet in the land and everyone knew that God was with him. And listen to the last verse. It says this. And the Lord appeared in Shiloh. Uh, sorry. And the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh. And the word of the Lord grew. How did the story start? There was no widespread vision and there was no word. How did the story end? The word of God spread and everybody knew that God was doing something. When you embrace the new season, God's word will come through for you. People will know that God has done something in your life and your testimony will impact their lives and make a difference in our city. Did you get some help this morning?